We'll continue in God's Word in Matthew chapter 28, beginning in the 16th verse. And I invite you, as you're able, to stand for this reading. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. As we, just for a moment, recap where we've been in talking about the sacraments last week and now this, uh, the mystery of the sacrament. We learned that the word sacrament really comes at its root is a mystery. It's the work of God. And it is God's path, a path that God provides to touch us, to bring us to his grace. Something instituted by Jesus, empowered by his word with a physical element. And just as it was so last week, it is this week. This is not a lecture on the sacraments, but an invitation for us to come onto that path, to come and encounter Jesus the Christ. And so as uh, we begin talking about baptism today, I sometimes say when I'm doing extended lessons and teachings on baptism with uh, our confirmants or with families, you can't talk about baptism without getting wet. And so don't worry, unlike confirmation, I don't, I'm not going to pull out a super soaker today, all right? However, I have put in your path a baptismal font here and here, and there is water to come to the Lord and remember your baptism today with the mark on your forehead. Come and remember what God has done in your life in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let's not talk about baptism without getting wet, right? But speaking of getting wet, I want to tell you a story about being on the South Fork of the American River. It was a river that we'd uh, fill the raft with middle school youth. And just so you don't judge me, yes, there was a professional rafting guide on the raft. I tell you that before I tell you the rest of this story. And as we were going down the river uh, with class three rapids, mostly some two, some three plus, uh, we were well prepared by our guide for what we were to encounter. Uh, Indeed, white water... Uh, all around us and sometimes it felt out of control and we had guidelines if it got so out of control that we find ourselves no longer in the boat right and indeed that did happen at the most inopportune time at the highest peak of one of the rapids One of our middle school boys found himself floating, but 
by aid of his life preserver and not by aid of the boat. We'd been instructed to be careful to not resist getting rescued, right? To have our feet pointed down river, to have our oar in front of us so that the guide doesn't have to decide between saving a costly oar or the swimmer, right? And this young man did not resist. I remember vividly. I don't remember if it was me now or uh, uh, another uh, person on the boat, I think our guide. We both reached out and somehow or another he kind of flew from the water into the center of the boat, flopping like a fish in the center of that boat, right? And as this story came to mind when considering baptism, I was thinking about the very fact that this young man did not hold himself up. The life preserver did. He didn't get himself back into the boat either. Those who reached out, not by his strength, but by theirs, to rescue him, he was just flopping in the boat. And in like manner, the gift of God's word comes to us by the power of what Jesus has done. When we come to him in the gift of sacrament that he gives us and he institutes, it's not by our power either. We're not held up by uh, my power. We're held up by the very power of God and his word. We're simply called not to resist That not resisting looks like the gift of receiving and faith and repentance and belief. And it's not the power of how good your belief is or how good your faith is. For those gifts come from the Holy Spirit. We trust not in how good my faith is, but how good the faith that God gives. We're called not to resist, but sometimes we do, don't we? I mean, I, I was a camp counselor for a period of time and got a little bit of training in uh, lifeguard duties. And we learned that some folks, when being saved, often fight back. Fight back from getting rescued. But we do that with God. And so who is baptism for? And what does it do are questions that we'll examine today. And as we do that, we come once again. You see, the power of baptism, the water gets comprehended by God's word. The significance of the sacrament is because it comes from Jesus who instituted it and commanded it. I'll talk more about that in a few minutes. You see, some of us call Jesus happily a good teacher, We even, some of us who don't even think he is Lord, confess and think that his words are wise. But then we have trouble believing those very same words that he gives us. Like Holy Communion. Like the Ten Commandments. Like the Lord's Prayer. Like baptism. God gives us these gifts. Jesus institutes and commands. And yet, 
as we heard in the Gospel of Matthew today, where they are worshiping the risen Christ with their own eyes. Did you hear what it said in verse 16? But some doubted. They had seen Jesus die. They were with the resurrected Lord. But some doubted. Oh yeah, we are good at resisting, aren't we? Right? And yet, here's the amazing gift of grace. And as they looked upon Jesus who was alive and some doubted, do you know what he still did? He commissioned them. He called them to make disciples and to go and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the folks he commissioned included the ones who the scripture tells us some doubted. It's not the strength of you or I, but the strength of the one who reaches into the water and throws us flopping fish back into boats. And notice the guarantee of Jesus' word here as we, the work that he has completed is done. The power is in the one who rescues, and there he is alive, the witness of the resurrection, guaranteeing the promise that he's giving. And as we'll hear in a couple chapters past the reading that uh, Nancy read for us in Romans 6, it is a spirit of adoption that God gives us. He makes us part of his family. And then right there in chapter 6 of Romans, we learn about baptism, that in it we are united in a death like his, and we shall certainly be united in a resurrection like his. A promise backed up with the resurrected Christ standing there before those disciples. You see, it's not just a spiritual reality. We talked about this last week. It's also a physical reality. It's why at every funeral, you'll hear us read this text from Romans 6. For when we die in Christ, in our baptism into Christ, we shall certainly be united in a resurrection like his. This is a promise backed up by his word. Now, baptism is not immunity. It's not immunity against bad things in your life. It's not immunity from uh, taking away the possibility that you might walk away from this gift. In fact, it's possible for you to do so. We see that in scriptures. We discover there are prodigals who walk away. But we have a God who keeps his promises even when we don't. And like a gift you might receive in cash that you might say, oh, that's such a great gift. And you put it on a shelf somewhere. And you put it away and you forget about it. You may resist by walking away from the gift that God has given. You might resist by jumping out of the boat yourself. You might resist by saying, I, uh, I don't want that, but all along our Heavenly Father, His gift, like that cash, still has value. It's still, while we still have breath, is waiting for you to come and receive. 
and to stop resisting. We don't need to be baptized again because the gift that Jesus gives is always good. Just as Christ made you and now he saves you because his gift is valuable and you are valuable. You have purpose. Don't believe the lie of the evil one that says otherwise. In fact, in Romans 6, we learn to, in Christ to battle those lies. It's warfare against them. For this gift that God gives is good. I like how Luther puts it on talking about baptism. That is Pastor Martin Luther. He says this. God doesn't institute or command something that is useless. God doesn't institute or command something that is useless. And so his real presence, his real word comprehends and takes that water and makes a path to come to him. But you know, that truth that God doesn't institute or command something that is useless is also true for you. You aren't useless. You were made with a purpose, so much so that Jesus would go to the cross for you. This promise and this power of that promise is from Jesus in his word, and Jesus keeps his word. And we don't do this alone. Scholar Roy Harrisville points out in this text in Romans chapter 6 that we are baptized into the body of Christ. The use of the word man there in the text is a connecting to a cluster of words that the apostle had been using to describe humanity or human existence as community. So we are baptized into Christ and into the body of Christ. We do this together. We walk in Christ together. I love how you see baptism get lived out in the book of Acts, right? For example, you'll see someone believe and be baptized and then receive the Holy Spirit. Then you'll see someone receive the Holy Spirit and then be baptized. See the pattern? No? Good, right? God is at work through his word and baptism. We see whole households being baptized in the book of Acts when the parent or the head of the household believes. We see the work of baptism uh, as First Peter points out in chapter 3 of First Peter as the former sign of the covenant at eight days old had been circumcision, but now he says it is baptism. He'll even go on to say this baptism, these waters of baptism, hearkening to the waters of Noah, getting on the boat for salvation, now saves you. So whether you come to Christ in baptism at eight days old or 8,000 days old, the spirit of adoption into his family is for you. Now, if we had more time or if this was a lecture, we could spend important time on important questions. We could debate about, well, how is it that we receive this in faith and how do we believe? Or debate how much water to use, right? 
For example, the word baptismo in Greek means immersed. But it's also translated in other places in ancient history as pouring and sprinkling and washing or bathing. Or we can debate how God adopts us in the waters, as First Peter puts it, that now save us. And those are important questions, but none of them should distract us from the point of what God's word is leading us to. To forgiveness, to adoption, to coming into relationship with him. This is the gift of his word through his work with the water and baptism. Jesus doesn't institute or command something that is useless. Like a loving parent, the gift of love, a righteous parent will hold their children accountable, but when they wander away, they'll also have open arms to welcome them back into the family. And this calling also comes with a commission. You and I have a daily calling in our baptized lives to make disciples, to bring others to the table of grace and to the adoption in God's family. That's why our mission is to lead others to Christ. And so today I invite you, even if you have doubts like some of those early disciples did, even if you feel like your faith is just as small as a mustard seed, to stop resisting and come to Jesus for the first time. I've got plenty of water here and back there. We'll baptize you today. Together with God's word, the Holy Spirit will be at work. And if you've been baptized, but you've been resisting, come back to Jesus. The gift that he has for you is good. If you need to be reminded of that commission, maybe, then come to one of these fonts today and put water on your head. Get wet. Remember in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, even when you have doubts, even when you're struggling, you are a baptized child of God and the promise and the power is in God's word, not from you. It's in the one who rescues you. And so come and get wet. floating down a river today and feel a little out of control, you can say, I am baptized. God died on the cross so much, he wants me to come and be baptized. And so today I invite you, come by faith and believe and be baptized. Amen.